Okay, people, on this episode of Just for Sport, I give props to Andrew Stockey. He's one of the news anchors and the sports director at WTAE in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I don't know how he does both, but he does it well. In this episode, we talk about how sports and news has changed during these unprecedented times. Andrew gives his take on what sport he thinks will be able to actually complete a season during these pandemic games, so to speak. And you don't want to miss his hot take on how he thinks the locker room dynamic between the people who cover the athletes and the teams and the athletes will change forever. For the Props Network, this is Just for Sport in three, two, all right, Andrew, thank you very much for giving me some time. I really appreciate it. Always, always. Yeah, uh, we, we go a ways back. I, I started a little after you at WTAE in, what, 1995 was when Has you started Has it been 25 there. years? Yes, right? Oh, you, my God. This, this oh. is a big moment. This is an anniversary, a big anniversary, whether you're married, school, you know, Oh, sports. my goodness. <laughs> 25. Oh, 25 years. My goodness. You know, and they still kicked me out of here. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) You're a staple. And and the thing that I was most impressed was after I left TAE and moved back to D.C., how I always interacted with you as a sports director. And then Mm -hmm. you went to be a news anchor. You know, uh, what was the mindset for you to realize why you wanted to do that was it for you but also from the station because i always not only respected your sports knowledge mm-hmm. but you were so polished and so good and <laughs> i always thought as a news anchor i looked at you in that realm as much as i did in sports like wow yeah. he's great well thank that's very kind you know honestly i it was their idea i mean this was after the steelers won super bowl 40. Mm-hmm. that was asked hey why don't you give the morning news a try for a week i'm like really <laughs> And I'd never done news before. So I just sat and anchored with uh, Kelly Fry. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it it was fun because, you know, I have an interest in things beyond sports. I mean, I love politics, at least uh, the way it used to be, where people can actually converse. Um, I love business. Uh, So, I I mean, I have a a knowledge of things well beyond the field of play. So uh, they asked me to give it a try. Apparently it went well. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think at that point in my career, I said, you know what? I've been doing sports in Pittsburgh for 10 years. Steelers finally won a Super Bowl. Pirates who know who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Penguins, and eh, we'll see what happens. But you know what? Why not do something a little different? Because I just felt that's where the future was going. And so I did news exclusively for, oh, goodness, five years mm-hmm. uh, before I finally, uh, they said, Andrew, we'd like you to come run our sports department again. I'm like, well, I, I can't do both. I said, yeah, you can. I'm like, what? <laughs> so um, I, I have this interesting career that not a lot of people have where I anchor the 5 o'clock news. Mm-hmm. And then I do sports at 6 and 11 o'clock and I'm a sports director. So as I tell people, half my day is, you know, the, the serious stuff of the world and then half it's fun. At least mm-hmm. that's the way it used to be. Yeah. So that's how I made that transition. And uh, it, it's two jobs. It really is mm-hmm. two separate jobs. And it's a lot of work uh, because you are balancing two things at once. But in many ways, it's never boring. I never come in here and say, oh, gee, what am I going to do today? Because yeah. news is always different. Sports is now changing a lot more than it used to. I mean, it used to be you just have the game that day. So, and long, long story short, I mean, it's challenging. And I think that's one of the reasons I, I enjoy doing it. And I'm very thankful Channel 4 has the confidence in me. And I think the viewers mm-hmm. buy into the fact I do both. They don't sit there and say, well, why is he doing news or why is he doing sports? Yeah. And, and that's rare. Like, I don't know of many people in any market of 
in my experience that actually gets to do both. I don't know how you can deal with disseminating all the information because to just be the sports director, you've got to be on it and know what's happening and you're doing both. Uh, how has it also been more of a challenge? Because you are a techie. So if anybody, if anybody can do it, it's you and you're at the station now. But when COVID hit, what was it like for that transition to have a home studio and, you know, working with Zoom for interviews and things like that? Well, I have to admit, before this happened, I thought Zoom was that show on PBS when we were kids. I mean, I didn't <laughs> yeah. really, I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, but obviously, I had to broadcast from home. I mean, you, I was staying at home for a couple of weeks. And I was in here for a couple of weeks because that was just what we were doing at that point. So mm -hmm. I learned about Zoom. I learned that Zoom is actually a good thing in that you can get people mm -hmm. to talk to you anytime in a way that is less intimidating for them. I mean, you can get athletes, for instance. I mean, athletes are always tough to get to sit down and do an interview and come to their house and all this. But if you say, hey, can I get 10 minutes with you on Zoom? You'd be amazed at the number of athletes that will do that. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes this technology so great. You can talk to anybody. Um, I think also we have an app now on our phones that allows us to broadcast from home. It's not the best quality, but it's good quality. Mm -hmm. I think viewers understand now that everything, you know, doesn't have to be in HD. It just has to look halfway decent and they'll watch because they're watching for the information. So I think what has happened now is we are so reliant on technology that it really is as important as the information we're disseminating. You know, I'm between, I've got you here. I've got two screens here. I've got a keyboard here. I've got two phones. Well, I've got one phone. That's my other phone. <laughs> um, you know, I've got all these things with me and you're all, and they're all tied together. And, being able to master all those keeps you in the loop on everything. The bad news is it's hard to let go. I mean, yeah. when you're on social media, you know this. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, people who follow you want information from you. Mm -hmm. And you have to give it to them, you know, at all these different times. So not a lot of sleep, a lot of waking up in the morning, let me get on my phone and tweet a few things. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's demanding, but the technology allows us to do so much more than we could before. It allows us to go places and talk to people that perhaps we wouldn't get to, in my opinion. Yeah, you gotta get on TikTok soon. No, right? no, well you heard Amazon dropped TikTok and I'm not, I'm not doing that, no. I, you're not, you're well, I mean, you know, after the State Department was warning us about it, I figured maybe I, I need to skip that. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> one thing that none of us wanted to skip, but we had to, yeah. is a finish to an NBA season, finish mm -hmm. to the NHL season, uh, the Penguins were right in it. Uh, what, what has that been like for you to adjust to also trying to do new sports stories. You know, uh, some of your stories have been a look back. You know, mm -hmm. you recently did a story uh, today, in a matter of fact, on the Russian Red Army team that was associated mm -hmm. with the, the Penguins being a part mm -hmm. owner in the 90s. Has it been almost fun to have to find a new way to come up with stories and content? Well, thank you for watching, first of all. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't think, honestly, I, I think there's news every day. I think people want to know, okay, how soon are we going to return to the, the field of play? You know, how soon will our athletes take part? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Um, we have not had, you have a couple of days where there's not a lot going on, but for the most part, there are a lot of stories, and a lot of the stories do look forward. Mm -hmm. um, now, the, the story about the uh, Penguins and the Russian Red Army, uh, there's a film coming out, you know, and I was able to get Howard Baldwin, the former Penguin owner, to talk to me. So I think what has happened now is that, you know, there's, there's sports news. It's just not scores and highlights. Mm -hmm. I think that's always been my, my problem with sports coverage. It's like, we do highlights. Mm -hmm. That's great, no, but we just saw the game. Right, you know, right. tell me something I don't know. And that's what we've tried to do now. 
when people watch local sports now through COVID-19, chances are you're going to hear something you probably haven't heard mm-hmm. or an interview you probably have not seen. We've, we're seeing more exclusive content, I think, because we're being forced to find those stories. And I think it's what makes what we're doing very important and valuable. Um, I mean, I had an interview with the Whippeal executive director last week to talk about, okay, where's the Whippeal stand on the return to high school sports? Mm-hmm. And that's stuff that you're not going to find anyplace else. So I think uh, in many ways, it's challenges to find new stories to tell, but it's easier to tell unique stories than it was before. We're not relying on just highlights. And that's one thing I, I hope through this, we don't go back to. I mean, yeah. everybody saw the game. Mm-hmm. Tell me something I don't know. I mean, yeah. I show three plays from a pirate game. That's all you need to see. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I agree with you there. Like, I think I enjoy watching you now. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't really before, but like, like you're saying, mm-hmm. I can go on my phone and see the score, but mm-hmm. it's the other stories either yeah. around the game or outside mm-hmm. of the game or in the mm-hmm. middle of the week in between games. If you're talking football, right. you really are hearing about uh, more and getting right. to know players more. And it also brings out a little more of your personality too. And, and but the hard part, I will, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but the hard no. part is now, I think as easy as it is to get athletes on Zoom to talk, I still think you have a hard time because you're kind of at the mercy of, you know, whoever's available that day or who, let's, let's say the Penguins, okay, they're in camp. They make a player available. You know, you can't go and have that locker room conversation mm-hmm. with a player anymore. I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be in a locker room ever again. I think it's the one thing. That's, wow. That's okay. I, I, I highly doubt it. I, yeah. Even if we get a vaccine, I highly doubt we'll be in a locker room ever again. So that kind of interaction where especially print reporters will get those one-on-one interviews mm-hmm. because they're, they walk in, they have that kind of relationship. This changes that dynamic, I think. I mean, you have to either know the person or have a contact, and I'm sure a number of writers do, but we're not going in a locker room again. That, I, don't, I don't see that happening even when this is done, and that's wow. my opinion. Wow. I mean, that's, that's huge, Andrew. I mean, for you to not only – I mean, I never thought of it that way, that we are never going back, but I do think even if there is a vaccine – I mean, you see all of the players saying, you know, for at least for the NBA and NHL restart and then MLB with like, mm-hmm. hey, we were tested and all of a sudden a bunch of players tested positive and how do we right. quarantine them? It right. just seems like it's very complicated. Do you see a season happening this year or is it better if you have players already saying, I'm not quite sure anyway, if I want to come back, that maybe you put a pause on it and say, let's pick back up in 2021. Well, let's go by sport and talk about that. Baseball, yes. Even though we have more positive cases, I think baseball is going to happen by the nature of the sport. Basketball, I think, is going to be stopped just by the nature of basketball. I mean, basketball is what? You're in somebody's face. You know, nobody's nobody's six feet apart playing defense. Mm -hmm. So at some point, they're going to be – if somebody gets diagnosed positive during a game, they're going to shut it down. Yeah. And this yeah. bubble is great and all, but I, I just, I don't know if it's going to work. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, the bubble is in, surrounded by the, 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 the state that has the, <laughs> the, the most cases. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, that must be a heck of a bubble. So, yeah. <laughs> um, hockey, you know, hockey, I think will work. And I say this because hockey is a sport. And I think you have to really think about the sports that we're talking about. First, it's like golf. I mean, they can play golf. They won't have any problems. As long as you don't have fans. These guys can stay six feet apart. That's fine. Hockey, I think because the speed of the game, because they're wearing shields already, you know, fighting will be disallowed, obviously. But I don't think there's any – I don't think the spread of the disease, in my opinion, from what I see as the game is played, is going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Football, I don't know how. Because football, by nature, is about contact. Yeah. It's about holding somebody up. It's about being in the trenches. Even if you're wearing a shield of some sort, you're going to be there for an exposed period of time, as opposed to hockey. Hockey, you hit somebody, boom, that's, they're down. Mm-hmm. Football, it's like this five, six, seven second, whatever. So yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, would, I want to see football. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. I mean, we're still at the point where basically everybody's kind of like doing these little calisthenics and these little running drills. Yeah. But can they get on the field to play and actually play the football the way that you and I know football be played? Oh, yeah. That's going to be a challenge. And, I, yeah. and I, at this point, when people say, are they going to play? I always say, okay, you tell me how they're going to play. Mm-hmm. And I, I really haven't quite heard that in football. And especially when yesterday it came out uh, that they were going to ban jersey exchanges. And it's like, that takes 30 <laughs> seconds. You think you know, it's, it's okay like, for players to have full contact? That does seem like I don't know how you could have one but not the other. Well, that's bizarre. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the post-game handshake, really? Yeah, the post-game you know, handshake. The high five, yeah, really? Yeah, It's, it's the, the play. It's every single play where you're hitting somebody and there's contact for, I would think, at least five to ten seconds mm-hmm. on every play. So that's where I think the danger is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like I said before, I, I do think that the leagues have been very responsive and not tried to uh, – they've listened to their players. they listen to their uh, medical personnel. I don't think there's a league I've seen where they've said, like, they've dismissed the science. Mm-hmm. And they're being very careful. And I think that's a good thing. You know, whether that leads to getting back on the field remains to be seen. But at least I think every sports league realizes this is not something you can rush into. Mm-hmm. And I know we didn't talk about it necessarily, bring, didn't bring it up, but even in soccer, MLS, two teams already dropped out. They're like, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've had six, seven players that are tested positive. We've got to quarantine them, and we don't have a team to field anyway. And that's uh, soccer. That's yeah. soccer. That's a sport where you're really not near anybody except for that few seconds where you're kicking the ball. So, you know, that's why the, the contact sports, mm-hmm. like Football and I put basketball under contact because that's what basketball is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the intimacy of basketball is what makes it a great sport. The fact that the players are right there, right in front of you, they're on top of each other within that that arc. That's what makes basketball such a great sport. I don't see how you can tell people to back up six feet and play play basketball. Yeah, uh, you're you talked about golf. Uh, you mm-hmm. play golf. Uh, have you been able to play? Uh, I imagine you have, but what was that like having to you know, keep that social distance? And have you enjoyed the, the actual coverage of the tour, the PGA Tour without fans? Well, I've had very little time to play golf, to be honest with you. I mean, because okay. of what's going on work-wise. I played, I hate to say this, I played a round and a half so far this year. Oh, wow. That's well, it. I just, I, I don't yeah. have time. I, you okay. just don't have time. I mean, with everything going on in the world. And you have to remember here in you know Pennsylvania, the courses didn't open for mm-hmm. a month and a half. Mm-hmm. So people couldn't play golf. Um, you know, in terms of playing golf, you know, I, I don't think there's a problem. I mean, you're, you're socially distanced. You're not grabbing the flag anymore. The flag is in there. Um, it's, it's a relatively safe sport, you know, and um, I'm not really worried at all about that. As for on television, it's odd. I remember the yeah. first tournament I saw at the Colonial. Yeah. Uh, and whatever they call it now in Texas. And uh, some guy hit a hole in one, and I didn't hear anything. Yeah, and that, that was, was odd. Not, yeah. You know, it, it went right in the hole and nobody, you, you heard maybe like a distant, like, hey, that's it. Um, so golf, I think the good news about golf is the sport doesn't change. And then Tiger's coming back next week to play. Um, I think golf will do okay. Um, I think people will watch, especially with Tiger back. Uh, you know, they're going to try and play all these majors in this small period of time. Right, right. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to be exciting. The biggest challenge, I think, with golf, and really, I think, with every sport, is that everything's been pushed back now, where it's going to happen between August and October. Mm-hmm. Think about every weekend between August and October. You're going to have, you know, two Triple Crown races in horse racing. You're going to have all four, three majors, I think, three majors. Yeah. You got the NFL season kicking off. You got college football going on. You got the b- baseball pennant race and the World Series. You got the Stanley Cup final. You got the NBA the final. All within two months. Yeah, it's almost overload. Mm-hmm. It's almost too much. And I think all the sports are probably going to, you know, at some point realize, well, we're going to have, we're fighting each other mm-hmm. to get on TV. I mean, what do, what do you watch? Yeah. What do you watch every night? Is the NFL king? Do you watch the Stanley Cup finals? Do you watch the NBA finals? Um, what do you watch? It's yeah. almost too much now. And I always thought that at the network level, they're coordinating. And I know they were at different, in different places, but they were saying, hey, your games are on Wednesday. We'll have our game on Thursday. But like you're saying, when they're all in this small, you know, two, three-month period, right. it's like there aren't enough days. There aren't enough hours, at least for the beginning of the NBA. They're talking about playing from noon to eight. Mm-hmm. MLB is going to do – they've already had day mm-hmm. games, so they kind of do that. But it is going to be a lot. Well, you're splitting – what you're doing is splitting the audience. I mean, mm-hmm. the Masters is going to be on Sunday, the final round. Mm-hmm. There's going to be NFL football that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you watch? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I think you just you divide up your audience. I think the NFL will still be king, but if you've got Tiger in the final round of the Masters, you're going to take a whole lot of the audience away. Plus, let's say you got Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals on a Sunday night up against Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a real scheduling issue that has not been addressed yet. And, uh, you know, we're going to be at the point where we've gone from no sports to almost too much. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, course, of course, this is assuming everything happens. And I think that's the thing. I, 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 there are a lot of question marks. I mean, college football right now, I, I don't know. I, I don't know Either. how. Don't know how. They're don't already how. saying conference only games. And it's like, well, who's going to be on campus? And football is football. It doesn't matter what level it is. Mm-hmm. If you're saying, hey, I don't know if the NFL is going to happen, then how can mm-hmm. you ask college athletes who, you know, many of them are, you know, still under their parents' guidance and Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I don't want my kid out there being exposed. I mean, it's a big gamble. And it's a lot of money loss. I mean, Ivy League already canceled their sports. I mean. Well, it comes down to the money. I mean, that's why I've heard talk of let's move college football to the spring, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. would work technically if the situation is any better in the spring. I mean, you know, we still know if we're going to have a vaccine at this point. Yeah. And a lot of what's going on, what we're talking about, is vaccine dependent. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the same conditions exist in the spring that exist in the fall, you know, why would you, how can you play sports? I think a big question around here is high school football. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how does it happen? Can it happen? You know, we don't have testing on the high school level the way you have in college or pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it, and I even talked to, uh, who did I hear from? Not, not, somebody told me, uh, I think it was uh, Dr. Deborah Bogan the Allegheny County Health Department said, look, you know, they have the money to test every day. They have the money to put these athletes in bubbles in the, on the professional level. High schools don't. Mm-hmm. These are high school kids. They go to class, yeah. they have with kids all day, and then they have to play football. So, you know, realistically, can high school football happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my call, obviously, but I'm just sharing with you the question yeah. marks yeah. and the scenarios that people are considering right now as they try to decide in the next month whether they should start this up or just shut it down. Especially when you talk about football is king, you know, in Pittsburgh, I can't imagine what it's like to not have high school football, mm-hmm. not have the Pitt Panthers at Heinz Field, not have the Steelers at Heinz Field. They already mm-hmm. lost that Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio, where it's going to be a big day for Troy Palomalu and the other yeah. Steelers going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I just can't see 
a city like this, you know, one of the ones where, where the fans travel, they mm. love the black and gold, <laughs> not having football. Well, I think we've learned over this time that there are other things in the world. That's been probably the greatest lesson. We spent more time with our families. I think, uh, I know I've gotten back into running, something I didn't do for a long time. And you find, or you see people walking. Mm -hmm. People are spending more time doing other things. They are finding their weekends to aren't about sports. I mean, for a while we all watch all the reruns of all the great games. Mm -hmm. When I think we all kind of realized, okay, this is not sports. This is a rerun of something we've already seen. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, golf was great. You know, NASCAR was great. But we began to realize that, you know what, it's not the sports we know. The fans aren't there. And the fans are a big element of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you don't think they are, but then when you watch a sporting event and you don't hear the roar of the crowd, I mean, baseball in two weeks is going to be very interesting yeah. to watch a baseball game in an empty stadium. And I don't care if it's the Red Sox and the Yankees, there's something missing if the fans aren't there. Mm -hmm. And I think that will take away from it. And this whole pumping, pumping crowd noise is, is a nice thought, but it, it doesn't replace the fan experience. So I think, I think we're going to find that, you know, as much as we love sports, we realize there are other things in the world. We'll be happy to see it. We'll be happy to watch it. Will it monopolize our time the way it did before? Not if it's not the sports that we really know in the presentation that we know. Yeah. And I've watched that Korean baseball league that they had on oh, ESPN. Good. God bless oh. you, because I can't. <laughs> Carl Rabbits is trying to do the play by I don't play. care. <laughs> I, I don't care. Look, I went down to spring training and saw three games, okay? The, the week that they shut everything down. Mm -hmm. So I saw baseball. I got my baseball fill. You got your baseball fill. <laughs> I try to watch the Korean baseball league. I'm like, I don't care about the teams. I don't mm -hmm. care about the players. They're not, it's not the Pirates. It's not the Cubs. It's not the Reds. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I want to see my, my team play. And I know it's kind of controversial, but funny, in a funny way that they tried to put dolls in the stands in some of the leagues overseas, and they were – uh, I guess sex dolls or or well, they're going to put cardboard cuts of fans in the stands in, yeah. in Oakland. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, in I, Kansas I, City. Why? I would. I <laughs> but, well, the thing is, like, if you can't have fans, right. I would say, what if you tried like the iPads with everyone's uh, a Zoom and have a fan on the iPad, and you can at least have that <laughs> noise, you know, coming out of iPad, and you can almost rather have an empty stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be tough. It's going to be I'd tough. I'd rather have you stated, yeah. frankly, if that's the case. <laughs> uh, in your time covering sports mm -hmm. and news, yeah. you know, you talk, uh, read your bio, and you talked about moments in history that you will remember that you enjoyed covering. Mm -hmm. um, for me, at least, I thought about things that mattered to me when I was in Pittsburgh. First one was, I first came here, and it's like, hey, Three Rivers is coming down. You and right. I were right. you know, oh, across, I across mm -hmm. uh, by Point State Park. Right. Will this go down in history for you as one of the more historical times that you've had to work in news and sports? And I also say that not in terms of just COVID, mm -hmm. but then we add on to it Black Lives Matter. And I also feel like now more than ever, mm -hmm. athletes are having more of a voice. It's worked for good in some cases. Mm -hmm. uh, Natasha Cloud, you know, Colin Kaepernick had mm -hmm. had a tough time. Now we got Deshaun Jackson dealing right. with, you know, his issues. But athletes are, have more and more of a voice. And with COVID and just everything, mm -hmm. just, you know, it's all right. coming together. It's yeah. just tough. Well, if we're just looking at it from a sports point of view, I, and I don't even think you can even do that. I think you have to look beyond that. But mm -hmm. it's without question the most significant time in our in our lifetime. Uh, and if you're a journalist right now, this is the biggest story you will ever cover. You know, we th coming into this year, I thought the presidential election 
would be the biggest story of the year. I, I, I had no doubt that would be the story. And it's important, but it's not as big as what has preceded it that will set the stage for what happens this fall. Mm -hmm. It is a significant story. It's very important. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, how we present it, how we cover it. I mean, the, the, the pandemic was enough. I mean, that was already, you know, yeah. this larger than life story. Then all of a sudden, the protests, the battle for racial equality, the, uh, you know, the, the George, George Floyd reaction to his, to, his, to his death. It has really been uh, just overwhelming and all-consuming. But what it's done is it's changed the way that I think people converse. You know, I find now that, you know, we, we're having open discussions about race in a way that we, we hadn't before. Uh, and we're talking about things about race every day now that we hadn't talked about before. Uh, so in many ways, it, we talk about we need to have a discussion. Well, now we are actually having a discussion. Mm -hmm. And as journalists, the job now is to present these discussions in a unbiased, let's not take one side, let's present the whole vision to our audience and let them decide. That's the biggest challenge because we live in a hypersensitive world now. Yeah. And we can't afford to you know, take a side one way or the other. We have to present, here's what's going on. Um, and, and people, you know, it's, it's, it's very sensitive. It could, you know, you have protests, you have people who are angry, you have people who are, are want change. You have a society that actually is wanting change. I mean, you have corporations now yeah. that are spending money. Here, PNC Bank here is donating a billion dollars mm -hmm. to racial equality and social justice. A billion dollars from a major company. Yeah. Uh, you have major, you have leagues, the NFL, mm -hmm. the NHL, the NBA. Uh, you know, saying, yes, we think Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. We have that, it's something we never would have heard four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a really, it's, things have really changed. Now, the, the question now is, what happens next? Mm -hmm. What, okay, we're talking change, everybody wants to see change, there is a problem. Mm -hmm. And everybody, whether you're white, black, you know, whether you're rich or poor, no matter what, where you come from, everybody realizes something is wrong. So how do we change it? That's going to be the story to cover over the next six months, year, two years, five years. And I think that's maybe the most interesting thing to see, you know, what comes of this? Because uh -huh. now the protests have kind of quieted down to some degree. Uh -huh. it, everybody's talking now, so what happens next? And I think that will be more so than anything else, the interesting story of our lifetime. But what we're going through right now, this is something that, you know, this is the biggest story I've ever covered. It's, it's not even close. Yeah, and with the the athletes really trying to change the narrative and take control of their, I don't want to say that the league is changing, like it's shifting. The owners obviously still have con control of the teams, but the players, their platform seems to continue to rise in what they can say and how they can sway the fans. Well, they, in, 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 including the, the owners, I mean, to get Roger Goodell to say the NFL thinks Black Lives Matter after that video came out was significant. Mm -hmm. That's something I don't think anybody thought would ever happen. The players, you know, they realize their power, but now because the national mood has moved and there's a national feeling, now they're in the position where they can speak out and say, okay, let's push for this. Let's get this done. Let's mm -hmm. seek this change. That is what has changed. The athletes have always had a voice. But now their voice is is being amplified by the public at large. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think the, the National Football League, for instance, realizes that, you know what, corporate America is understanding the conversation and understanding what's wrong. So we, we better get on board. Mm -hmm. uh, last question. Sure. How 
how proud of your career when you look back on it and you think of being in Black Lives Matter and the conversation of representation, you know, like Joy Reid, she just got a, a slot mm -hmm. on MSNBC right. and they talked about how one of the few African-American uh, mm -hmm. women that also right. are in a prominent right. role. And here you are very prominent in Pittsburgh and mm -hmm. representing minorities, but also saying, hey, there still needs to be change on this level too, mm -hmm. to be able to see more people of color representing the community mm -hmm. on television. Well, I think, I think not, not only on television, but behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people who make decisions. Um, I, you know, it's funny, I, I, never, I never thought about myself as like, you know, I'm this African-American role model mm -hmm. who has this position and is representing Black America. I never really think about that. I think about, I am a person who presents, this is what one black person is like. And I know I've spent a lot of time in a lot of communities outside of Allegheny County where there aren't a lot of African-Americans. I've always tried to say, hey, look, you know what? Uh, you may have a, an opinion or an idea of what people who look like me are like. Well, here's somebody who maybe is a little bit different. And I've always tried to be positive and always try to present a professional uh, demeanor. Um, you know, if, if what I do inspires people to either pursue this profession or to change the way they look at African-Americans, then I'm, I'm happy. Um, but I, I never go into it thinking like that because I think my job is to inform the public, you know, and try to share stories that are important to everybody. What has happened through, uh, you know, since George Floyd is, there is now an appetite for people, people who want to listen, who want to hear more of these stories. Uh, we're doing something here called WTAE Listens, part of our Project Community Series, where we uh, are listening to Black Pittsburgh. We just did a panel discussion I did with three uh, prominent African-Americans in our community uh, of different uh, age groups, different backgrounds, and basically the question was, okay, we've had these protests, now what? Mm -hmm. What did we learn? Mm -hmm. What are the issues and what do we do moving forward? Mm -hmm. And the fact that I can actually be on the air and share those conversations, uh, you know, whether you're a black or a black journalist or a white journalist, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, they may be uncomfortable, although I think every day they're becoming more comfortable because now people are talking about it on a regular basis. So I, I think, to, to, to summarize, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I am, I'm an, I'm an African-American and I'm very proud of it, but I never go up after a story thinking, okay, let me look at this from my point of view, because people don't care what I think. Mm -hmm. It's finding the people who deal with this on a daily basis, who face these issues and letting them tell their stories. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not about what I think. Sports is one thing. I mean, I'll share my opinion, but you know what, this is, this is not about what I think. It's about me giving people a chance to share their thoughts and their stories, and then let the viewer decide. And it's real news, not fake news. You're hearing, well, we, from, <laughs> you're hearing from actual people, right? Well, I think WTA is listening. Well, my news director said the truth will set you free. And yeah. people can sit there and say they object, or they don't believe in you, or you, you're doing this, this. But if you have the facts, and you can source everything, then you can sleep at night. I can sleep at night, too. Thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate okay, you giving me some time. All right, I want to thank Andrew Saki for joining me on Just for Sport. Really had a good conversation. And hey, if the locker room changes forever, like he says it will, I am going to miss that interaction that we would have with athletes. The way you get to know them, you get the inside access. And then there's a relationship built that isn't just about how you play the game, but you get a better perspective on the person. 
And even in my career, when I look at how I got to see John Wall and Bradley Beal being drafted as rookies, and now they're on their 10th and 8th year, respectively, in the NBA. And there was a relationship built that you got to know them. And I will miss that. And it just will never be the same if all you get to talk to is athletes. is somewhere something like this with Zoom. It just won't be the same. But... We'll see how it goes uh, because you never know, you know, times may change again and then we can be back in the locker room. All right. That'll do it for now. Until next time. Ciao for now.